Um, but we're going to go ahead and get started with our worship service. We've got a couple of announcements. Um, the first of which is that Dragon Church happened this week, and it was great. Yeah. We're really good time. So we were so excited to be able to do that, to have that service, we were so excited that it was safe and just fun and a celebration with people. Um, I have had really good feedback, also people asking to do it again, to make an annual thing, so hopefully that's something we'll be able to do. A couple of other announcements this week, I have been away um, at our annual conference, so if you're not familiar with what that is, every year all of the churches conference, which is called the North Carolina Conference of the United Methodist Church, and spans from Greensboro to the Outer Banks, and then the Western Conference is from Greensboro up to the mountains and the line of Tennessee, um, come together, and we celebrate God, we do annual business, and so I've been away at that. We make um, decisions about what the entire conference is going to do. We ordain folks, and so that is always an adventure. And in the past, has not been the most fun thing to be at. I mean, church conferences are never fun. But leading up to disaffiliation and some of the difficult things that have been going on in our church, they've been rough the past three years. And I'm really excited to share that this year was not rough. Um, this year, we and then the ordination service 
Um, I would love to take a group of open table folks with me next year. I don't think since we have transitioned from Trinity to open table, we've taken a group. And so that's something I would love to do. We've got a couple of announcements this morning. I'm going to invite Chrissy to come forward because she's going to talk to you all a little bit about the Bible study we've got going on right now.
invite them to join that service if they'd like to, and if not, we just really like being a church that says, we don't think you're going to burn in hell. Um, and if that's the only time people engage with us, we're totally fine with that. So we would love to have you join us. If you can't sign up for a certain time, if you can't commit to it, that's totally okay too. If you happen to come by, we would love to see your face. And if you happen to stay at home that day and do whatever it is you need to do, that is okay. More power to you. Lastly, next Sunday is going to be our Queerly Beloved service. So it is a service telling the stories of different saints throughout history. This week, Nick is going to be sending out a sign-up sheet to read some of those narratives. Um, I've been working on doing a lot of research, potentially changing some of the saints. Um, I have found so many people that I wanted to feature, it's virtually impossible. And so now I've done what I always do, which is add a new project I don't need to do with my plate. And I've been working on assimilating a little book of LGBTQI saints, um, of people that we're not going to feature in our service that are just really, really fun to read about um, historically. And so if you are somebody who would like to participate in that service, the narratives are pre-written. Um, we're trying to pick people from a variety of different time periods, a variety of identities, a variety of um, countries or places of origin, a variety of different religious backgrounds. So it's spanning everywhere from Ethiopia in the third century to America in the 90s. And so it's a large span of people and it's really hard to cover 2,000 years of Christianity in one service. And so if you are willing and able to read one of those narratives, we would love it. And hopefully we'll also be able to get to you this week a little book of LGBTQI saints that I've been working on putting together um, so that you can read some of the saints that we haven't been able to feature in this year's really beloved service and hopefully find a new saint you love and are inspired by. And with all of that, friends, I'd like to invite you to stand and body your spirit and join me for our call to worship.
this time, I invite you to greet your neighbor with the peace and love of Christ.
you'll stand as you are able now to join us in singing our hymn. We're going to sing, lift every voice and sing, which can be found as 519 in your hymn.
continue to run into issues as she's trying to get here. That's going to be about another 15 minutes. But that panic you feel when you're supposed to be somewhere and you're supposed to be preaching and nothing's working out and you're probably driving on two wheels. I just want to invite folks, please, please, please lift her up in prayer. Um, Kiki is absolutely wonderful and she takes ministry and the gift of preaching so seriously. Um, and so we just want to lift her up. At this time, what we're going to do instead is I'm actually going to open things up. They invite you to share any joys or concerns that are laying on your hearts with our community this morning. And then we're going to pray together communally. Yeah.
separation from dads, separation from children, just many, many things that make it really, really hard to celebrate days like today. I also want to invite you, friends, please continue to be prayer for my own family um, as we are beginning the journey through hospice with my grandmother. And they told us a little while ago she's harbored down for today's two weeks. And it's just continuing. And it's um, really hard. It's really hard. She's ready. She's ready to go. She doesn't understand why she's still here. And it's been exhausting, um, particularly for my mother and her siblings as they're sharing in all of the care of themselves. Um, so that she can be at home and I would have some prayers for them. It's hard for my mom and all of her siblings, and that's her child. It's really hard for my mom. Plus, I grew up watching her talk to my grandmother every single day, multiple times a day, for the entirety of my life. They are best friends, and so it's hard to watch, watch that loss happen. Are there other joys or concerns this morning?
and the joy of Juneteenth tomorrow, O oh God. For those in our community who ever steer us further into justice, we give you thanks for the gift of being called to do your justice. We ask that you would make us better anti-racist. That you would make us a community which better reflects the gift of diversity. That you would make us people who welcome all people, not in a way that is tokenizing or demeaning, but with a table in mind and a place setting already there for them. God, we ask you to be with the many hurts you have heard this morning. For those who are suffering from illness, those who are at the end of their life, those who are hospitalized, those who are weary, and those who are rushing, who are rushing to get here. We ask that you be with those who are traveling, with our friends who we don't see this morning. God, you've given us the gift of being in community together. And we ask that you would help us to honor that gift always. As we come together saying the prayer you taught us in the Son. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and 
right to give our thanks and praise to you, O oh God. As we have heard testimonies of how you are present in our community and in our lives this morning. As we lift up our prayers to you, O oh God. And we know that they are heard and that when we hurt, you hurt. And so with your people and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take. This is my body, which is given for you. And then after that, he took the cup, blessed it, gave thanks to you, O God, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Every time you drink of this, remember that I am in you. And so, in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice. And union with Christ offering to us as we together proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, O God. Transform these gifts of bread and wine to be for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we might be the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Call us further into doing your work, to hearing each other's joys and concerns, to hearing your story in each of our lives and in our collective life together. Call us further into celebrating that which needs to be celebrated. Further into doing the work of repentance for the deep harm that has been done to black and brown bodies in our world. Call us further into doing justice, O God. As we confront this table this morning and we confess the way we have sinned, transform our sin into good work. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. The table is open, friends. I invite you to come forward to receive these gifts of bread and cup, to consume them. We have gluten-free options available if you need that. To return to your seat, and as you return to your seat, I imagine you may see Kiki running in here looking ready to go. So I invite you to greet her with a smile and with calmness. It looks like you may be running over a little bit today. You are able to stay, please do so, to hear the good word Kiki will bring us, and if you're not able to do so, we understand. We ask that you just dismiss yourself quietly. After worship today, we do have snacks available in the parlor, and so if you need a snack, just go get one, bring it back. As we gather at this table, friends, my invitation to you is to know that you are beloved by all of us and by God.
was a divinity school student struggling, trying to get out of the hell of Duke Divinity. Um, and she just loved me so well. And people who love you, who love you well and who are a mess of a person just starting out are the best people. And so I am so excited to welcome Kiki back to the yeah. table this morning and invite you to join me in welcoming her. And so we're going to go with it. And I still know it'll be a word in 
he ran for the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Do not pass by. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And so many years. 
years have gone by since this promise. Even more years have gone by since they tried to create their own promise. Another 25 years actually since then. They're well into their 90s at this point. And they're still sitting there. They're still sitting there. And then, in the midst of that, God shows up. God shows up in the midst of them doing their day-to-day -day thing, just like we are in our green, ordinary time. Not Pentecost, it's not Easter time, it's not Advent, it's ordinary time. It's just a time in the middle. But most of our lives are spent right here in ordinary time, day-to-day -day living. Not those mountaintop moments. Not those, you know, deep moments. But just ordinary moments. And Abraham is kicking it out on the porch in the heat of the day. Sitting out on the deck, as it were. And Sarah is doing her thing inside the tent. And so here they are, all these years, still waiting on the promise. They didn't go back to her, so they're still believing to an extent. They're still out there waiting for God to do something. So one day, these three strangers show up, but we know that that means that somewhere in the midst of God's presence. And so there they are, in the midst of this life that they have settled for because they tried to make their own promise, because maybe they just got weird. And so verse 9 brings us to where I really want to hear. They, the angels of God, said to him, where's your wife, Sarah? And he said, there, in the tent. So I'm going to talk about Sarah for a minute. And what one could imagine that Sarah is dealing with. Because at this point, since they're older and he is a man chosen by God, you know, the expectation of society is for them to have sons. Not just children, to have sons to carry on this legacy, to be the ones who take over this promised land, to be the generations without number. And until then, Sarah had not been able to deliver that. And it's interesting that it takes two people to have a baby, but only women in the text can be bad. Never said Abraham didn't have any thunder down under. <laughs> Nobody says that. You're never going to find that in the text, you know, in any translation. Even in the original Hebrew, you're never going to say that something was going on with Abraham. Instead, it's going to say that something was wrong with Sarah. Because verse 11 says, now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced, and aged. Here's the part. And it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. It had ceased. 
So here she is, undoubtedly broken. Now, she provided, because she gave permission, to have an heir with the handmaid, but that still doesn't have anything to do with her as a woman. Even after this heir, this first heir has been birthed, she's still barren. She still holds the weight of society's burdens, of society's expectations. They squarely land on her. It is awful what society will put on what partnership should look like, what being a wife or a husband should look like. Because as we know, our real lived experience doesn't always fit so neatly into those categories. Abraham is supposed to be all of these things. He's supposed to have all of these, but he still doesn't have a son. And then he got a son, but it wasn't a son through his wife. And then his wife has to deal with this scarring and the shame of what people may think. Oh, you say you're listening to God. Oh, you think you're hearing from God. Well, look what you've done now. Why are you even with her? Why are you even with them? Have you heard that in your own life? Have you heard people you love and respect deny you personhood because your life doesn't look or present the way some traditional rule says it should look? So Sarah is in here in the tent. Living with the life she has conceded to live. Because that's what she thought she was supposed to do. I don't know about you, but I know there have been times in my life where I have lived more towards others' expectations than my own happiness. Where I have denied myself and my own good pleasure so that someone else would not be upset. And I think you might know what that means. I think you might know what that feels like. And so for me, this tent that she is in feels like a closet. And so that she is struggling, laboring, living in a closet. When the angel of the Lord says in verse 9, where is your wife Sarah? Because what's about to happen isn't just for the men. This blessing isn't just for Abraham. This is about Sarah. You didn't know I was going to talk about you all day, did you? <laughs> it's about Sarah. God 
favors the fans. Because I believe that God loves the fabulous. Yeah. It's all through the word. This is the first book. Already something fabulous is about to happen. When I think of the word fabulous, and I love the word fabulous because it, it's funny. Every time I think about anything Pride Month, which of course I think is just hilarious that I'm here during Pride Month, you know, I, I look at I happened to be at an impromptu parade last week. Peter said, an impromptu parade. <laughs> I'm at a community center. I see some friends across the street, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's a parade coming through. Okay. All of a sudden, then I hear music, and people are, it's, it was the first parade they had ever held, this, is, this particular group in Durham. And I was like, here I am, standing right here, and one of my one of my colleagues, actually, um, he had these wings, and I mean, it was gorgeous, and they were, it was gold, and it was glistening, and he had these beautiful sparkly boots on, and, and he was just twirling and twirling, and you know, just saying, you know, welcome, and yay, I mean, and the people were gathered across the street, and, you know, at all the corners, and you know, just
There's no way I can have the promise that God wants to give me. There's no way I can be happy in my skin. There's no way I can live and love the way I want to live and love. There's no way I can be who I am in my soul, even though it might not say it on my person. I'm saying what it means trapped by expectation, trapped by what people think is the right thing to do, what people think should be the, the, the yardstick or the measurements of how you're to live your life. Married by this, child by this, house by this, good job by this, retirement by this, and life does something completely different. How many have felt this way? And then, on the brink of God's promise, all you can offer is laughter. That nervous sort of <laughs> Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? Is anything? 